The Pittsburgh Pirates enter arguably their biggest stretch of the season with 13 divisional games. So how do they make June a positive and stay in the race in the NL Central? And also, I'll answer your questions in the final segment of today's show on Mailbag Friday. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast, brought to you by Game Time. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every single day. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of that wonderful show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan, and that you follow us and leave a good review and turn on notifications on any podcast platform that you find this show, YouTube, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And the month of June is here. Hopefully everybody enjoyed the episode yesterday with J.D. Halfron of Locked on Cardinals. We did a deep dive into a preview for that series between two NL Central foes. And one of the talking points of that entire crossover, of course, was talking about why this NL Central division is up for grabs. And right now, every team in the division is separated at the time of recording by about five games, I believe. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers actually lost last night, if you guys remember me on that episode, talking about the Pirates. If they win today, they would be a half game, they're a half game behind the Milwaukee Brewers right now. And it's a very big weekend for the NL Central in particular, because you get the Pittsburgh Pirates playing the St. Louis Cardinals in a three-game set. The Milwaukee Brewers play the Cincinnati Reds in a three-game set. Of course, Cincinnati 7-3 and three over their last 10 games, so they've kind of creaked back into this division a little bit. And the Cubs are on the road against a pretty good Padres team. So this is a very big weekend and a very big start already for the NL Central to begin June. But for the Pittsburgh Pirates, the reason I say that this is the biggest stretch of the season, arguably, to this point, is one, they haven't played too many division games yet. They played six against the Cincinnati Reds and four, or yes, seven against the Cincinnati Reds and four against the St. Louis uh, Cardinals. So now they get three versus the St. Louis Cardinals this weekend, and then 13 Division games combined all month. They start off with the Cardinals this weekend. They then play Oakland and then the Mets, but then they have nine straight games, six of them on the road, by the way, against the Chicago Cubs, the Milwaukee Brewers, and then the Cubs back at PNC Park. And then the last game of the month is against the Brewers. So this is a very big stretch of games for this Pirates team to kind of decide where they want to go with this season. Where do they want to be? As a baseball team, do they want to be a below 500 seller at the deadline or do they want to quite literally lead the NL Central by the time we get to the All-Star break? I mean, because after this stretch is done, uh, you enter July, you have the final two games of that series against Milwaukee. Then you have a four game set at Los Angeles and a three game set at Arizona before the All-Star game. Makes things a little interesting because after that stretch against uh, Milwaukee, 
The Pirates then don't play another division game, period, until the month of August when they play the Brewers, Cincinnati, uh, St. Louis, and Chicago again. So it's kind of spread out for this team a lot in terms of these major division games. And, of course, we know the division games are even more important now for these teams like Pittsburgh and everybody because they do not play as many division games as we've seen in years past due to the new schedule. That's why you see the Pirates playing every single team this year. It's very nice. I actually thoroughly enjoy it because I think it makes these division series even more important because you're just not playing these teams as much as you normally would be in previous years, which makes a stretch like this that you have when you're going to be playing 13 division games, which is over half the games they're going to play almost all month. This is the kind of series the Pirates need to go and win. And you even look at the other series that they play in this month in June. I mean, you have Oakland. We know what Oakland is. Oakland is not a very good baseball team, but every team can win on every given day. So it's not going to be just a pushover series for this Pittsburgh Pirates team, but a series victory against St. Louis this weekend would be nice to have versus the, and then entering that series against the Oakland athletics, you kind of have some momentum riding for yourself moving into that series then you get the New York Mets before that stretch of nine games of divisional opponents. And mind you, that stretch of nine games against divisional opponents, no days off in between those games. So the Pirates are off. They were off yesterday. They're off next Thursday. They're off Monday, but the, uh, next Monday on the uh, 12th of June. But then they play 13 straight games before they have a day off again. That's going to be a very interesting point because you also feature a series against the New York Mets in here. That's a team that they're kind of close with in the standings right now, if we're going to think wild card. And then they also play the Padres. The Padres are a team that obviously will look a little bit different probably by the time we see them at the end of June, but similar records, similar stature right now. Uh, the Padres, of course, are a better team on paper than a lot of teams in major league baseball. So they'll figure it out eventually, but Again, another big series there in the National League. You also have the Miami Marlins. They're not going to win the NL East. The Braves are probably going to win the NL East due to the slow start of the New York Mets and the Philadelphia Phillies. So you kind of want to have an advantage on the Miami Marlins, too, when you're looking at standings. Because this is a – I mean, it's hard based off of the month of May that the Pirates had for us Pirates fans to be able to scoreboard watch and – look at the schedule and say, oh, we could have an advantage on this team going into the All-Star break. But it's a real thing, folks. The Pittsburgh Pirates are right there in the standings. They are right there. You cannot make it up. They're half game behind Milwaukee at the time of recording. They play the St. Louis Cardinals this weekend. And as J.D. said on the show yesterday, you're going to get a desperate Cardinals team in this series. Because the Cardinals cannot afford to throw these division games away like in years past when they were leading the division with no issues. The slow start that St. Louis had is not offering them that, which is why the Pittsburgh Pirates had their good start, and that was a very good cushion for them to have because you could make the argument Pittsburgh could survive a moment like that in a division series, but then if it starts tallying up, like let's say they only win three of those nine games against Chicago and Milwaukee, or even three of these 13 division games or five of these 13 division games, 
that's when things are going to get a little interesting for this baseball team. But the month of June is going to be very important. It's going to be arguably the most important spot of the season for this Pittsburgh Pirates team, just because I think it's going to, it's going to dictate where this team moves forward heading into July and the all-star break in the trade deadline. They could either be four games up in the division or six games out of it, just based off of the schedule alone. And then obviously looking forward ahead to August, that's when things get really interesting again with Milwaukee, Cincinnati, St. Louis, and Chicago all on the schedule. It's it's interesting. And I think it's something to keep an eye on about how they play this first week and a half, especially against the St. Louis Cardinals. You want to see them come out this month and end or start the month the way they ended May. Because they get the series win finally in May, beating a pretty solid Giants team. Head into this series with momentum. You're at home for the first nine games of the month. Start the month hot, guys. That's how you do it. But how do the Pirates make June a positive month for themselves? I'll talk about that shortly. But I got to let you guys know about the wonderful people over at Game Time. Of course, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And, of course, the Game Time Guarantee means you'll get the best price always because Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. And download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Of course, I hope you guys all had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. I know it's uh, kind of later in the week now to be saying that. But Gary should be back on Monday for Gary Morgan Monday. Uh, obviously, we'll be talking about the Cardinal series on Monday. We may also try to get Jason Burke on the show from Locked On Athletics. Craig Toth will be on on Thursday as they like as that didn't happen this week just because of scheduling and a bunch of other things. And then, of course, Mailbag Friday every Friday. So you look at this schedule that the Pittsburgh Pirates have heading into this month, and it's not all that scary. It's scary about the implications that said schedule could have if they don't perform well and perform much like they did in May. But as far as the opponents go, I mean, you look at the teams that they faced in May. You faced the Tampa Bay Rays, who just got win number 40 the other night. Toronto is a very good team. Colorado, not so much. Baltimore, very good team. Detroit, eh, they're in the AL Central race because that division is just as bad as the NL Central, if not worse. Arizona, good team in the NL West. Texas, one of the top teams in the American League. Seattle, one of the top teams in the American League. San Francisco was hot entering that last series. Now you get the below 500 Cardinals, the below 500 Athletics, the just above 500 Mets, 
the below 500 Cubs, the just above 500 Brewers, the below 500 Cubs, the just above 500 Marlins, the below 500 currently San Diego Padres. But again, I think that'll change by the time we get to the end of June and then Milwaukee for that last game. On paper, it's a much easier schedule for the Pirates to manage here. But how do they make this month a positive? How do they go into this month and say, okay, this is how this is going to work. This is what we're going to do the best way we can possibly do it. Well, I mentioned pitching a lot over the past week and a half, two weeks or so amidst the Pirates having this losing streak. And the reason why that I mentioned pitching so much is just because of the fact that it's what's kept this team afloat. Even when they fell to 26 and 27, the pitching was still standing up on its head. And obviously part of that is due to the maturation of Mitch Keller. Rich Hill has also had his good spots and his bad spots. Rolandi Contreras has not been terrible. He could be better, but he has not been terrible. He's been serviceable. Johan Oviedo, thrown into the rotation, probably didn't expect to be there, has done fine. Um, I would, again, say it. I would expect at some point the Pirates might flirt with having an opener for Oviedo just because of those struggles that he has in the first inning almost constantly. And then you have Luis Ortiz. He pitches this weekend. Luis Ortiz is kind of finding his stuff a little bit. You also look at Vince Velasquez before his injury. He was pitching really well. We mentioned the bullpen the other day for this Pittsburgh Pirates team that has been on a tear as of late. I mean, Jose Hernandez, Dowry Moretta, Colin Holderman, David Bednar. It's one of the best bullpens in all of baseball right now. That's just the easy way to say that. So as long as you keep pitching the way that you know how to pitch, I think this team will be fine. The offense has to wake up, though. Again, I mentioned it about last month in games that the Pirates scored four or more runs. They beat Baltimore when they scored four or more runs. They beat Detroit when they scored four or more runs. Arizona, Texas, Seattle. The only game they lost all month where they scored four runs or more was that Memorial Day game against the San Francisco Giants 14-4. to And the pitching, for the most part, stood up in a lot of these games. 4-1 loss to Tampa Bay. 3-2 loss to Tampa Bay. 4-0 loss to Toronto. Of course, you have the 8-2s and the 10-1s sprinkled in there. 10-1 to Colorado. But there wasn't a ton of bad losses in terms of, like, overall scoreboard stuff for this team. I mean, you had them early in the month and then, of course, against San Francisco. But a lot of their losses were close games. 4-3 to to Arizona. 3-2 to to Texas. 6-3 to to Seattle. 4-3 to to Colorado. Four to nothing to Detroit. But the common theme there in a lot of those games that were losses like that was the pitching was still there. The pitching was giving the offense a chance to win the game. And the offense was just not taking advantage of it at all. The offense couldn't do anything for a good portion of that month. Brian Reynolds slumped a little bit. Jack Sawinski has had 
two very interesting sagas going on this year where he hits two bombs against the San Francisco Giants in the blowout, but he also is just pitiful against lefties. Rodolfo Castro seems to have finally got a consistent playing streak here, finally. Something that a lot of you guys have been begging for the Pirates to do and asking me why it's not happening. Jiwan Bay has had a quietly good month. There's been things to like about the offense. Tukapita Marcano has been one of the best offensive players on this team over the past month. Something to be very proud of with what the middle infield is dealing with with the absence of O'Neill Cruz. So you really look at what can make this month positive for the Pittsburgh Pirates is I would say pitch the way you know how. Continue pitching that way. Like tonight, obviously, we get to see Rowanzi face off against Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty, of course, a part of that Cardinals rotation that has struggled mightily for the most part this year, but has picked it up as of late. Rowanzi Contreras, not so much. Very similar numbers, though, in terms of the whip area, the innings pitched. Uh, Rowanzi does have the advantage on hits, does not even have close to the advantage on Ks. Much to our degree here, he does have the major advantage in walks, and he has the advantage in home runs. You're going to get that a lot from Pirates pitching matchups, that a lot of these matchups, they are going to have the advantage in the major stats that we dictate for pitchers. It's just one of those things that we're going to have. Um, and the interesting stat to leave you with what the Pirates can really do to be successful this month, they're 12 and 13 at home. That can't happen over these next nine games. Just can't. You have to be over 500 at home to be a successful team. But they are 18 and 2 in games when they have scored at least five runs. 18 and 2, folks, when they score at least five runs. Jack Sawinski mentioned him, by the way. Four home runs over his past 10 games, 9 for 36. That's what you're getting. We need more of that, too. The offense just has to show up, folks. That's how this team can be successful. The offense shows up. The pitching's going to be there for you. That's how they be successful this month in June. It's, again, arguably the biggest stretch of the season for this team, and this would be the wrong time for the offense to just sputter and not show up. They need to do it. It's something they just need to do. And I've also said that stat a lot about uh, 18 and two in games where they score at least five or more runs. The losses are very interesting. The first loss that they had five or more runs and lost was against the Chicago White Sox after that 13 to nine craziness game to open PNC Park this year. Welcome back, Kutch. And the second one was 8-7 to seven against the Dodgers. And if we remind ourselves about that game in April, they were up 7-2 to two in that game and ended up losing 8-7. to seven. It happens. But I digress. The offense has to show up, folks. That's what needs to happen. Just what needs to happen. By the way, thank you guys for always tuning in to the Locked on Pirates podcast, as you always do. 
here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every day. Again, make sure you please follow, like, subscribe, and leave a good review for me wherever you're listening to your podcast, be it YouTube, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, or any other one that I may not mention here on the show. But it's Mailbag Friday. We got three questions from you guys today from some uh, familiar names of the show. And we'll get started with Caleb. With how bad May has been and still in it for the Central, does the front office need to decide starting the Cardinals series whether they want to contend all in or still hold out for the future? Call-ups, et cetera, to add firepower. Also, we'll be at the ballpark June 2nd and 3rd from South Carolina. Well, Caleb, for starters, I hope you have fun, brother. I really do. I hope you're going to have fun. I've been to PNC before. It's freaking awesome. Um, you're going to absolutely love it, dude. Uh, but again, I think that this entire month kind of is going to dictate the direction that this Pirates team takes for the rest of the season. It does start with this Cardinal series, as you mentioned. And the front office, of course, has to think about what they're going to do. Are they going to go out and maybe throw some prospects at a player that they like? like a Jock Peterson or somebody like that that could elevate them to win the NL Central? Who knows? I mean, we know that no team in the NL Central, including the Pirates, is going to win the World Series. But one of them has to make the playoffs. Why it not be us? That would be the most – that would be the best thing that could happen to this team is if they have a very good June and the front office finally brings up Andy Rodriguez or Henry Davis or both. And then we get to July and they make a couple moves and make this team better. And that's just speaking theoretically that if the pirates were to make the playoffs, that would be the shot in the arm that they need for this rebuild to finally be a retool and be done. Cause I've always said next year was the year. I just firmly believe that just with what's going to be available at their disposal the prospects that will still be in the minor leagues that will then eventually be available at their disposal next season. I think next season is the year that we can really think about this team in a positive light. But, Caleb, I love your question because, I mean, the front office has to decide eventually. And this month of June, I think, is going to be their biggest breaking point to decide what do we want to do with this team? Do we want to invest a little bit and throw some of the future away? Or do we stand pat and let them play and just bring up the, uh, the good guys? I think that's the best thing that the Pirates could have happen is have a very good month of June, bring up the top prospects, and then maybe make a move or two and really go for it. And I think they can. F. Stover, biggest area of need right now? Um, Definitely not pitching. Uh, I actually probably would like a fifth arm in the rotation just because we don't know what's going to happen with Vince Velasquez moving forward with his injury. So that's something to keep an eye on. But I think the Pirates desperately need an actual shortstop to play over there behind O'Neal Cruz when he comes back. Now, that could be internally. You see Chris Owings can do it uh, defensively. One guy that I always keep pinpointing right now that I would love to see up here is Jared Triolo. That's a guy that I wouldn't mind seeing whatsoever play that position. And even when Cruz comes back, nothing wrong with Marcano over there. 
He's just not that great as a shortstop. That's no slight on him at all. I think he'll fit great at second base when Cruz comes back. I think he'll be just fine. Jiwon Bay cannot play shortstop. Rodolfo Castro cannot play shortstop. They don't really have an option there that also brings some offense. I think that's the biggest issue. Now, also, one of the things the Pirates still keep running into, if we remember last year, anytime they faced a lefty, they were screwed just because of who was available to them. Not so much this year. You have Connor Joe, Jack Sawinski to kind of platoon that. You have Juwan Bay and Rodolfo Castro to kind of platoon righties versus lefties. They have that available now. But I wouldn't mind another right-handed power bat in the lineup. Most of the power bats that you see in the lineup are Rodolfo Castro against lefties. He dom- or he dominates against lefties. Ryan Reynolds, switch hitting power hitter. He can do it. Jack Sawinski dominates against righties in the power hitting department. But they don't really have a just pure right-handed power hitter on this team that I can really think of. I mean, Connor Joe, kind of, but he's not like your ideal kind of guy to say is a power guy. So I wouldn't mind them going out to go get something like that. Uh, Carlos Santana, of course, a switch hitter as well. Um, Chris Owings isn't one. Hedges isn't one. Delay isn't one. So I think that's something that the Pirates could possibly do too. But I think we'll have a more clearer picture on what the areas of need will be depending on when the trade deadline comes around and where the Pirates are in terms of a contending window for this season or wherever they end up. And Eric Vona, can we leave Bay alone yet? Why can't we force feed Marcano to hit lefty bats? He's playing well and offers so much more than Owings. So I kind of answered this with the Caleb question and the Stover question in a way. Um, Jiwon Bay is an interesting case just because he brings so much to what the Pirates are trying to be, which is a small ball team. And he is the typical small ball player. He's going to put singles uh, on the board for you, get on the base pass, make life a living hell for the catcher and the opposing defense and score runs and create runs. So I would like Bay in a smaller capacity, I think, though. He has played really good as of late. Marcano is my choice of everybody to be playing that spot. Um, I think Marcano just needs to play shortstop. I know I said that he's not a shortstop, but he just needs to because all the guys that I just mentioned and Rudy Castro, all of them offer way more than Chris Owings. Sadly, Chris Owings is just the benefactor of ridicule. He's getting ridiculed because of O'Neill Cruz's injury. I'm here to tell you folks, Chris Owings wouldn't even be on this roster if O'Neill Cruz wasn't hurt. But they just need the, they need something over there defensively every once in a while. That's why, again, I wish Jared Triolo was healthy so he could come up and make an impact with the bat and defensively at that position. So I think at some point they will probably start letting Marcano face more lefties. I wouldn't see why not. And that's been kind of a talking point a lot this year with Derek Shelton is why he lets Sawinski face lefties so much, but doesn't let Castro face righties and doesn't let Marcano face lefties and so on and so forth. So I don't know, but the middle infield is going to figure itself out guys. Please enjoy the game tonight. The Pittsburgh 
Pirates invite the St. Louis Cardinals to PNC Park to kick off a series of nine straight home games in this homestand. Again, it's a very important month, everybody. Please tune in to the Locked On Pirates podcast and follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates for all of your analysis, opinions, and coverage of this crazy month of June that the Pirates are about to have. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. And I'll see you on the flip side.